This is Amateur Logic 129 for April 15th, 2019. This episode of Amateur Logic is brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM and the soon-to-be-released new IC9700. You're going to want to keep this rig on your radar. Good evening. Welcome to another episode of Amateur Logic. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Emil. And it's good to be back for another episode. I'll tell you, it's um, the, it's about to get springtime here. Yep. Uh, the spring thunderstorms are coming through right now. Yeah. Here I'm pretty good out there. Well, we've got some interesting things lined up tonight. That's good. Yeah, I, I don't have anything uh, anything to say about that, but I'll agree that that's good. That's good. And Mel, what's been going on down south there? Well, like you said, the, the trees are finished being confused. I think uh, some of the rains are uh, hitting us now that we're uh, in April. And uh, you know, you you asked me a question uh, episode back, and I think we might answer that question this time with my uh, fun. That's right. I, I think we did answer that question. What have you been up to, Tommy? I've been uh, playing around with uh, some stuff by popular demand from the chat room. So uh, I think I've got a kind of interesting segment. I hope that people like it. Cool yeah. stuff. Cool. Other than that, I haven't been doing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I've been wrestling with an octopus. Who won? What? Uh, okay. I think I did. Oh, yeah? I think I did. Yeah. But uh, we're going to look at that a little later tonight. It's the octopus antenna. I, the weather finally got a break here where I could get out a couple of weeks ago and set it up. And yeah, we've had we've had so much rain, man. I was going to go out and cut my grass this afternoon, and it's just flooded in the backyard. Yeah, same here. <clears throat> so, you know, it, that's just when the city comes up and says you need to cut your grass, say, like, well, yeah. <laughs> If you fix your drainage, I'll cut yeah. my grass. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. I'm not sure where to start tonight other than, you know, saying anytime we've got a show going on, there's something else happening simultaneously. That's always a good start. Good place to it be. It is. Here. What is that, Emil? Well, I'm pretty sure you're referring to the uh, antics and the craziness and the fun we always have in the AmateurLogic.tv chat room. And uh, there's plenty of uh, uh, heckling and, and hooligans and all of other fun stuff going on in there. Shenanigans. Uh, shenanigans, yeah. So be sure to join us here at the uh, AmateurLogic.tv chat room. Okay, and if you're watching on YouTube... Uh, the chat over there is, I think it's disabled. 
Yeah, we don't use the YouTube chat because we can't watch but one chat at a time. So join yeah. us at this one right here. Yep, and uh, if you see something flying around in here, that's not Rodan. That's a mosquito hawk flying around in here. Did you see it? I did. That thing is huge, <laughs> man. It looks like a bird. Me. Yeah. Put an eye out. <laughs> well, let's get on into our emails tonight. I've got one here that uh, came from Donald, AG5TY. He said he's been watching for a long time and finally got off his butt and got in gear in February 2019. Took the tech, a month later took the general, and then took the extra. Oh, wow. Awesome. So congratulations, yeah. Donald. Welcome to the club. Yeah, and, congrats. Wow, job well done. Now, while building a shack, he purchased two new radios and tuners, etc. After hooking up uh, on connections with a good fluke digital multimeter, he was only getting 11.9 volts at the rig when transmitting. Hmm. It was 13.8 is what was coming out of the power supply. Uh, you subtract 11.9 from that. He had a 1.9 IR loss in the cables. Wow. So that's... He, he decided to, to stay with the factory length of cables. He didn't cut the cable uh -huh. back. He just used what came in the box. Uh, he was dropping almost a volt across each pole. He ordered the correct Molex connectors and uh, made a new power cable from 10-gauge wire. And now it only drops 20 millivolts. Oh. And he gets a full 100 watts output. Excellent. Uh, also, the power on CW went from 82 watts to a full 100 watts. Uh, probably cleaned up his signal as well. I also did the same in my mobile with similar results. Less noise, more output. That is that's a good lesson there. That's a good lesson, Donald. And, um, you know, it might not hurt to go back to our rigs and see what voltage is actually mm -hmm. getting all the way to the rig when you put it under load. Yeah, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of wire that typically comes with one. Well, that, and I have seen the fuse holders mm -hmm. warm up when you put it under a good load. If, if the connection's a little bit loose in there, it will warm up a little, and there's a little loss, you know, anything that's in line with your power there. So a good idea to check that and see what's going on. If if you check your rig and you see you're not quite getting the output that you should be, especially, could be what's going on right yeah. there. Yep, definitely. So thanks yeah, for that tip, Donald. Yeah, that's a great email. Email, you've got a power-related tip as well, I think. You know... Um, speaking of seeing your yeah. uh, power and voltage, uh, you know, a while back, Glenn uh, Strecker, KG5CEN, and I um, did some uh, winter field day work in the field, and we, we ran across uh, some issues with an inverter that I brought with me, uh, not being able to uh, run a particular piece of equipment. And I was uh just so happened to be at the uh rainham fest and found the uh, uh vendor you know right next to us uh be ready solar and they were selling pure sine wave inverters so i went ahead and uh, picked up one of them for them 
from him, and I wanted to see what the differences were. And wow, <laughs> um, you can kind of see there in that bottom left picture there um, the AC that's coming out of those uh, inverters, as well as the frequency and the uh, voltage was quite a little bit different than what was, you know, coming out of the pure sine wave inverter. Um, as far as, you know, quality goes. And, and you know, that's, that's all the difference right there. And that's why I just love posting that little uh, thing there on our Facebook page to, to show the differences. And like you said, it's, it's good to see what's coming out and uh, know what kind of impact that might have on your equipment. I'm pretty sure that's a Hattiesburg company. I think it is. I think it's Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Yeah, they're good guys. I've met those at uh, some of the ham fests in the past. Yeah. Yeah, we, our... our um, Amateur Logic TV table that me and Glenn were manning was right next to there, so I started asking questions. So I'm going to call you out, Emil. That fluke scope meter there, is that cheap old man compliant? <laughs> that is not <laughs> cheap old man compliant, George. I'll be the first to admit it. Oh, busted. Just, no, I'm not busted. I'm not busted. <laughs> I borrowed it from my brother-in-law. Oh, borrowed it. There you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm safe. <laughs> well... Oh, we can't prove otherwise. Yeah, Bar borrowing is fine, even if if it's expensive gear. That's that's uh, still should be that's a cheap old man maneuver, right? Exactly. I did the right thing. <laughs> a maneuver. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a good term. Well, that's awesome, Tommy. What are you going to show us tonight? Well, it's uh, been a lot of. Uh, People asking if I was going to do something on that peanut app that David uh, PA7LIM wrote. So anyway, here it is. David PA7LIM that wrote the BlueDV software that we showed a few months ago also has another app out called Peanut. Uh, I'm not sure where the name Peanut, but at any rate, it uh, it's a digital voice application. It's a great primer to, if you want to try digital voice. It's also got uh, some ties into some of the D-Star reflectors and so forth, so you could actually go out over the air without having to have some type of a dongle with the MB3000 chip on it. The app is free. Um, it's just an experimental thing he did, but there's a lot of buzz in the ham community about it right now, and it's pretty cool. I've tried it on my Android tablet. He has an Android, and now he has a Windows program for it. Uh, so anyway, let's go and install it. Um, before we do that, I said it uh, supports some of the D-Star reflectors. He doesn't have them all on there, but he does have some. And if you're registered on D-Star, you can go out over the air on a few of these. So uh, keep that in mind. There's also some that are just uh, some reflectors that are enclosed for the peanut system that don't actually go over the air but there's a lot of traffic on there um, and you'll see the voice quality is really good on it uh, he, he did a really nice job on the program i've already installed it i went to the peanut page here on pa7lim.nl go right here and download the windows version i went inside here and i downloaded the 2.04 build which is the latest one and i've already got it installed on my computer i only ran the installer and that's all I've done. I haven't done any configuration yet. To get on, you're gonna to need to register for the peanut system. It's only open 
to licensed amateurs and there's a registration link on here to get your request you'll he'll email you back a code with uh, that you can put into the software that will give you access if you want to get on DSTAR you're going to need to be registered on the DSTAR system and you can do that using the link he's provided here as well um, so anyway if you don't do that you won't go out over the air on DSTAR at all so I would suggest go ahead doing that too so let's go ahead and configure it so it's the last thing I installed so it's at the top and it looks a lot like his other applications I like the the uh, metal brushed metal or brushed aluminum look he's got on here so let's go in and configure it set up put our call sign in here it'll work with the DVAP or the sound card and I've only tried uh, sound on the Android app so I haven't actually done the Windows one yet we may play with the DVAP later if you want to use the space bar for push to talk or go on the air you can do that and uh, or otherwise you can click the mouse I, I think I want to use a space bar I'm kind of used to that and I need to put my code in here I'm not going to show it to you okay that's uh, pretty much all the configuration required so let's go ahead and, and turn it on log in we're connected to the host and we're in the English chat room the, um, so it's good to um, to speak to um, to to Georgia there well, uh, so go. it is indeed to get into that um, neck of the woods now I must say I do like um, I do like peanut um, and uh, I'm also on um, on on echo link a bit as well there that's uh, that's a, an example of the voice quality it sounds very good so I didn't have to use any external hardware so let's take a look at some of the other rooms. That was the English room by default. We've got uh, other languages here. We've got some different reflectors. Um, he doesn't have them all supported. Let's, uh, let's try my favorite 30 Charlie. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be anybody talking on that one at the moment. Got X reflectors here. Unlike D-Star, uh, if you link to a reflector, you have to disconnect and then link to another one. Here, you don't really have to do that. You can just change the rooms and it will it'll do it for you. There's no uh, Mac or uh, iOS version for Peanut. Uh, he says Apple doesn't allow experimental software, so uh, they kind of keep their system sort of closed. But if you go to this link, peanut.pa7lim.nl you'll see the dashboard and you can see that I was on there there are quite a number of people that are that are on 169 users at the moment so let's jump back over here and uh, let's see if we can extra 334b there's Johnny B stick uh, for this to be able, Johnny to uh, be able to do uh, uh, D star. So uh, ordered it from Giga Parts. We'll just see how that works out. Over. Okay, Steve. I caught most of that. 
Yeah, that's my friend Johnny. We talked to him quite a bit on D-Star. He lives uh, over in Clinton, not too far from here. As soon as they get a break, I'm going to try to talk to him. KB9, LBP and clear. W5PFR, W5PFR and 5ZNO. Hey, Johnny, in 5Z and O. Heard you on here. I'm trying out the Peanut app on my computer, and I saw your name, your call sign pop up on the last heard list. I thought I'd give you a try and see how this thing sounds. You sound good on this end. I'm going through my little hotspot here at the shop. You doing good? Hi, QSL. I heard you say you need to get back to work. I was just going to try it out. I was uh, kind of demoing it and uh, just needed to make a quick contact on it. Appreciate it, man. I'll talk to you a little bit later on today. 73 and 5Z and O. I'm not sure what's going on with the 380, but I'll, I'll figure it out. Probably have to go over it this weekend. Swap some things around. 4.0 is down, so <laughs> everything is going down. <laughs> anyway, we'll get them all fixed up. Good to hear you, Thomas. We'll talk to you later. W5PFR truck. It was a lot of fun. No extra hardware needed, and you can get on Tryout D-Star and uh, Digital Voice to kind of get your feet wet. Give it a try. I think you'll have a good time with it. 73. So did you put that on your phone, too? Uh, I've had it on. I didn't put it on my phone. I had it on my Android tablet also, or I do have it on my Android tablet. Um, cool. I'll probably put it on my phone, too. Interesting. Email? I was trying to think, well, the price is right. Okay. That's what I was looking for. I was trying to figure out what um what is what was the meter measuring? Was that like packet loss or was it audio? Uh, I think it's supposed to be audio, but it's like I don't know if it's real uh Okay. Accurate. But anyway, it it's basically showing the audio levels, I'm sure. Okay. Um yeah, also, the Johnny, uh, you know, Johnny's been on the show before we've interviewed him at mm -hmm. the Ham Fest and stuff. That wasn't set up. I just happened to see him. When I was looking at the uh, dashboard, I saw his call sign up there, so I jumped over to that reflector to try to make a contact with him. Cool. Is he the guy that runs the repeater down there that we connect to, the star? Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah one, okay. the one that's off the air today. It's uh, Okay. He... Um, he took it down for a few days to do some work. He's, I don't remember the name of that new board that he's about to put in it, but he's making some changes on it. Yeah, and I think him and Mike got that same board. Yeah, yeah Mike uh, could probably tell us what it is over in the chat room there. I can't remember the name of it right now. Keep an eye. Well, anyway, it's a pretty cool program. Try it out as this. Old cheap old man compliant, for well, sure. Yeah, and uh, it's a good way to get your feet wet in the digital modes. Oh yeah, probably still want to get a a hotspot or something at some point, handy talky. But um, anyway, good way to try it out. So can I do everything on that Peanut app that I could do with with say a, a hotspot or a digital no. radio? On it? No, you can. Uh, you are, you're only going to be able to get on the reflectors that he has set up in that list. It doesn't have everything. Okay. So you're you're kind of constrained to that. And then a few of them, uh, like uh, Thirty Charlie, I think he's had. Uh, he's been working on getting on that. I think I'm not sure what the holdup is with it, but that one, that one's not on there. 
or it, uh, it doesn't seem to be hooked up on real D-Star, best I can tell. Okay. Uh, Mike said that uh, the board that he and Johnny are using is a STM-32DVM. So I'm not familiar with that, but it, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Uh, maybe we can get you know, one of those guys to tell us something about it. Yeah, well, maybe we'll get to check it out. I'm sure Johnny is probably working on it this weekend. Probably so. Well, what have you got in your emails over there for this well, week? It's just a timely uh, topic here in the, the email. I've got one from Frank. He's uh, He's been watching the show for, for a long time. I'm sure you've gotten emails from him in the past. Mm -hmm. uh, Frank, KD0HGI, says, Hi, guys. Finally got my hotspot up and running and listening to D-Star on Reflector 1 Charlie with my ID51 handheld. This is pretty neat. And, Tommy, thanks for the DV Mega hotspot videos. Yeah, and you're welcome, Frank. I'm glad they're useful. I've uh, had several people comment about those uh, here lately. DV Mega is pretty, uh, pretty handy little device. You oh yeah, one. Yeah, uh, pretty versatile. But uh, anyway, glad they helped, and glad you're on D Star. Hopefully, it gets you on the air sometime. Yeah, cool. Email. What have you got to talk about? Uh, well, let's see. Um, the um, Ralph, it has a Facebook post, and uh, this Facebook post is, uh, you know, right up there with my uh, level of thinking on a daily basis. Uh, he writes, I'm finally starting, started work wiring the HX108-2 AM receiver kit project. I will be following the instructions from Chuck Adams' K7QO YouTube series on building this $6 radio kit. So, George, I, I, I got to say, he, he's a man after my own heart. So, he, he wins. Once again, this episode, if there was going to be a winning episode, this would be it for my cheap old man compliance. <laughs> Congrats, Ralph. You're the first recipient of that. Yes. The first recipient. Cheap old man compliance. Way to go, Ralph. Okay, right. Ralph. And, uh, okay. So, if you, if you do something that's cheap old man compliant, be sure to send it in. Maybe you'll get... Uh, Certified as well, right? Yeah. That's right. CHX. Not, not everybody can claim that. Nope. <laughs> oh, I see some uh, T-shirts coming into oh, the yeah. swag store. Could be. Could be. <laughs> well, speaking of cheap stuff, I've got one, one other thing here. It was cheap because Mike sent it to me and I didn't have to pay anything for it. That's cheap. This... For you. Is another one of those informational posts on Amateur's logic. <laughs> Rule number one of com acquisitions. Rule number one, let's see, you, you never spend more for an acquisition than you have to. And with ears like that, I mean, wow. You know, when I first saw this, I didn't realize that he had Photoshopped that picture of Emil there. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, George. <laughs> What are you trying to say? <laughs> well, I'm saying I thought it was the Star Wars creature or whatever it is. I didn't notice he had put your face on it. That, that, if Correct me if I'm wrong, because I am a nerd. That's a Ferengi from Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. See? You got to get it right. See, I, I was wrong on both occasions. Hey, you should have done because we saw those guys at the Star Trek experience in uh, Vegas when we went up there that time. We did. That's been a few years, though. It's been a few. Wow. I wish that was still there. Yeah. I don't know what's up there now. I have no I idea. I haven't been in a number of years. Well, we'll be back in just a moment, but 
First, let's get a message here from MFJ. For years, hams have relied on the world's most popular antenna analyzer, the MFJ-259B. That compact battery-powered RF impedance analyzer combined four basic circuits, a 1.8 through 170 megahertz variable frequency oscillator, a frequency counter, a 50-ohm RF bridge, and an 8-bit microcontroller. Now the MFJ-259 has been updated to the new MFJ-259C. All the same great functions present in the 259B with an expanded frequency range. The MFJ-259C covers all frequencies from 530 kHz to 230 MHz, allowing measurements all the way from the AM broadcast band through the 220 MHz amateur band. Make a wide variety of useful antenna impedance measurements, including coaxial cable loss and distance to an open or short. Primarily designed for analyzing 50-ohm antenna and transmission line systems, the MFJ-259C also measures RF impedances between a few ohms and several hundred ohms. It also functions as a signal source and a frequency counter. The MFJ-259C gives you a complete picture of your antenna's performance. Read antenna SWR and complex impedance, determine velocity factor, coaxial cable loss in dB, length of coax, and distance to a short or open in feet. Read SWR, return loss, and reflection coefficient at any frequency simultaneously at a single glance. You can even read inductance and microhenries and capacitance and picofarads at RF frequencies. The large, easy-to-read two-line LC CD screen and side-by-side meters clearly display all the information you need. While a lot of new antenna analyzers have appeared in the market recently, none give you the flexibility and wide assortment of RF measurement capabilities the MFJ-259C does. If you've been putting off getting an antenna analyzer, then you need to take a look at the new MFJ-259C. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today. Boy, that, that is one of the first antenna analyzers yeah, were the MFJ ones, 259C. That's um, that's their current model of the old standby. Yeah, yeah. yep. And uh, if you think about antenna analyzer, that's one that always comes to mind for me. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, that's what I see. And I've also I've got one of these, and I'm not afraid to use it. I know it <laughs> looks like a zombie killing device. But it does. That's not what it is at all. This is going to be one of our field day antennas this year. Cool. It's the MFJ Octopus antenna mount. You use it with ham sticks. I got an opportunity finally to put the thing up and do some tuning and adjusting on it. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah. Oh, it's, you it's released the Kraken? I released the Kraken. This month we're going to look at the Octopus antenna, and I'm going to show you a few tips that will help you in setting it up. It's perfect for portable operation. You know, it's similar to a buddy pole antenna, except the Octopus is actually four dipole antennas. Two hamsticks make up each band, and you can choose whatever four bands you want. I chose 75, 40, 20, and 10 meters. And I put a little colored heat shrink tubing on each pair to help me identify them a little quicker. We begin by installing all of the whips as long as possible. This should put us resonant somewhere right below the target band. And we need to adjust them so that they're both the same length on each band. Then install all of the whips into the octopus antenna mount, making sure that whips on close-by frequencies are not next to each other to reduce the chance of interaction. 
it's going to be easiest to tune this antenna with an antenna analyzer. That'll save you a lot of time. You should install all the hamsticks before tuning, and then you're going to tune each band individually, beginning with the lowest band. As we tune each band, we want to make sure that the elements on that band remain the same length with each other. A couple of notes before we go on. Shortening the antenna will cause a dip in the SWR to increase in frequency. So lengthening the antennas will drop the frequency. Hike above ground will have some effect. When you raise the antenna, the frequency that the VSWR dip occurs at may shift upward. This has the biggest effect on frequencies 14 MHz and below. Like half-wave dipole antennas, the hamstick dipoles are somewhat directional. The radiation pattern is broadside, with nulls on either end. So when you install the antenna, you might consider which bands are pointing in which directions. Of course, you can always rotate it to change the pattern. Being shorter antennas, hamstick antennas are somewhat bandwidth limited. This is a bigger effect on 40 and 80 meters. You'll notice that the dips in VSWR are narrow compared to the higher frequency bands where the hamstick may cover most of the band. Consider that and choose the range in each band that you prefer. A tuner is very handy when using this type of antenna. As I mentioned earlier, you'll probably want to use an antenna analyzer if you've got one to adjust this. My preferred antenna analyzer for this, anyway, is the MFJ225. Because of that nice graphics display that shows you the VSWR plot there, and it's constantly updating that display. You don't have to push a button to get a new reading each time. That makes it pretty nice to see where your passband is or, you know, where the dip in VSWR is. Now, that's an important thing to know, uh, particularly when you're tuning for a particular part of the band. Let's look at a couple of dips here on some plots. The plot on the left shows you a good sharp dip. That's what you'd want to see when adjusting these. The one on the right, although it's got a broader bandwidth there, you can see the VSWR doesn't dip nearly as much. So you're looking for the one on the left. Now, if for some reason, and you know, these hamsticks can all be tuned slightly different. If you've got them both adjusted for the same length, you should see the one on the left. If by some chance you don't, then try adjusting one of the hamsticks a little bit and see what happens. See if it improves that pattern or gives you a sharper and deeper null. I raise the antenna up to the height that I plan to operate it, which is around 30 feet. Starting with the 80 meter band here on the analyzer, we see that with the arms extended all the way, 3.695. I would really like to have it a little higher than that, up around 3.8 megahertz or 3,800. Got a ways to go. That's giving me an SWR of 9.99 to 1 there. So we're going to have to shorten these elements a little, and that will increase the frequency of the dip in the VSWR. Now here's a tip that may save you a little time. Get your calculator out or a piece of paper and a pencil and do some ciphering. I made my first adjustment by moving both of the whips on the 80 meter elements one inch shorter. I ended up at 37, 19 kilohertz. 
If I subtract the $36.95 we were to start with, that gives me 24. So roughly, I get a 24 kilohertz change by moving the antenna elements one inch. That'll make it a little bit easier to do some calculations and see where I really need to be. I would like to go to 3800, so I'll subtract. For right now, we're at 3695. Tells me 105. If I divide that by the 24, that says I need to go 4.375 inches. Well, let's just do a check first. Let's move the elements in a total of three inches. So I'm going to move them in two more inches and see what happens. Now I thought about it for a few moments and the best way I could come up with to make sure I did both elements the same amount was to take a ruler and a piece of tape, mark the amount that I wanted to change, and hold it up and leave the piece of tape on the element. Then I'd make my adjustment on this element and then move to the opposite side and do the same thing. When I shortened both elements by three inches, it moved the dip up to 3.764. Before I did anything else, I thought I'd do a little experiment. Lower the antenna back down to about 12 feet off the ground and see if it had any effect. And you can see that it did drop the frequency back down. So height does have an effect here for sure on 80 meters. Going for the full 5 inches I calculated... I subtracted two more inches, and I'm at 3808. That's right about where I wanted to be. The 40-meter band proved to be a little more of a challenge. With the antennas lowered down to 12 feet off the ground, I measured 6857 with the 40-meter whips all the way extended. I shortened them by four inches each, and that moved me up to 7057. I did another adjustment. I shortened them by two more inches. That got me to 71.59. And a little bit more got me to 71.70. About nine sixteenths of an inch more got me to 71.90. And then I raised the antenna back in the air and it put me right at 7200. And that's where I wanted to be. The dip on 40 meters wasn't as deep as I would like to see. So I'll probably go back and adjust just one of the elements a little bit and see if I can improve that some. I use my same method of calculating to determine how far I should move each time. While I was at it, I thought, mm, maybe I'll go take a look at 80 meters now and see if adjusting the 40 meter band had any effect on it. I did, and uh, no, I can't see that it had any effect on it at all. So that's good. I used my same method on the 20-meter band. I managed to get a good, nice dip there at 14.193. The only band left now was 10 meters. Using the same procedure, I managed to get it at 29.030, which is just about where I wanted it. Overall, I would say you can do this. If you use the tips that I showed you there, you will save yourself a lot of time. Start with the antenna down low. Make your adjustments on each band, one at a time, to a little lower frequency than you really want. Then raise your antenna up and see where you are. Now I'm looking forward to getting on the air with the octopus and making a few contacts. Well, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty neat idea, actually. It is. It's sort of like a buddy pole on steroids, almost, or four yeah. buddy poles. 
Like like four pair. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, Curious to see how it works. I am too. You know, I really didn't get on the air with it. I I spent all weekend tuning it and raising it up and down and doing all that. I, I shot those different clips over a two-day period. You can mm -hmm. tell the video's getting kind of dark there when I was showing the antenna analyzer some. Um, but I wanted to do it and see really what effect it would have as, as you try different tunings on it. And I was real pleased with the way everything tuned, with the exception of 40 meters, and I've got to go back and do a little more work on it. I think I can do better on it. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Pretty neat idea. Yeah, very neat. Um, nice compact antenna and quick setup for field day, too. Quick is good. Quick is good. And I noticed, uh, I've forgotten who it was now. Was it John over in the chat room? Yeah, said that you can use those quick disconnects uh, that are 3H24 mm -hmm. for the antennas there, and you could really put it up quick. Of course, you know, for field day or something, you can just hand tighten them and it, it doesn't take long. Yeah. So I noticed the USB port on the analyzer. Is that so you can take data out of there, George? You can, and I haven't used that in a long time, so I don't remember exactly what functionality you got. Uh, if you can do real-time uh, measurements with that or if it's photos that you take. I think uh, it's... Uh, I think it makes like a... I can't remember. I think it makes an Excel plot. Yeah, I, I just don't remember right now. It's been so long since I used that function. But I really like, you know, seeing that plot so I can see my VSWR exactly where it falls in the band and move it up and down. Now, if you're doing this with, say, a, a 259 analyzer, I'd recommend using a piece of graph paper. That's the way we used to do it old school. Take a piece of graph paper take your measurements, plot it out yourself, and look at it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that that just gives you a better idea in your head. Because uh, I don't know about you, but I just can't memorize a bunch of numbers and then plot it very easy. You can't do that in your head? Not anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, must be getting old. Could be. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I'd say take a look at those antennas. It's it's a pretty neat idea, and I, I think it's going to perform pretty well. Yeah, should. Yeah, We'll find out. So what's on uh, on your next email agenda over there, Well, Tommy? I do happen to have one more. This is from uh, Mike Baxter. You know who that is? Mike mm -hmm. Baxter. Yeah, on Last Man Standing, Tim Allen's character. Uh, Mike Baxter's a member of the Facebook group. He says, uh, Last Man Standing is completed shooting season seven. The show continues to air Fridays at 8 p.m. 7 Central on Fox. KA6LMS is QRT until next season. We made three new hams this year and 1,140 contacts. That's, that's a lot of contacts. Um, anyway, they made uh, 119 on 20-meter single-side band, 583 on 40 meters, 108 CW, 192 D-Star, uh, 93 DMR and 45 FT8 contacts. Thanks to all the club members and guest operators and the stations who contacted us to make this possible. If you, and he goes, and if you contacted us and want our QSL card, you're running out of time, so send a self-addressed stamp envelope 
with your contact information. And uh, last man saying office will close soon. Request sent after the office closes are usually lost in the studio mail system. So if uh, if you want to get your card and you made a contact, uh, you may want to do it soon. Yeah, that's, um, you know, I tried listening on several of the times they were on the air. And right here, I just. You never got on? I never got on. What? I could bar barely hear them. But there was such a pileup, I knew they. Yeah, they I got on on D Star. Uh, I think I was in Dallas uh, when they had one of the D Star events to get on there. Yeah, well, I never was home for HF though, so it wasn't able to even try that one. Yeah, I I did, but um, just was, didn't have any good propagation. From but that's here a that's there. a great show, man. I still I still watch the reruns, even still. Though. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to go next year and. Uh, be one of the uh, guest operators there on the set. We'll try. You mean after you get through with your appearance? Yeah. <laughs> You're going to be a lumberjack, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got an email here that uh, came from Dale Norcutt, N6SFU. <laughs> and this is what I was trying to talk about for the first email in the show. You might remember... Back at the first of the year, I was having all those transmitter problems. Oh, yeah. And, and boy, you know, I had to rewire a whole building. And it was in a cow pasture, and I mentioned something about it. Well, Dale remembered that, and he said, Careful, George, you might be accused of cow tipping. <laughs> uh, going to ask on your desk sign for amateur logic, what is the tube in the base? It looks like a 4-400 or a 4-500 used in a Gates FM1C that I took care of. Well, actually, it's an iMac 4-400 tube. Uh, that's this right here. You know, this this was made by Jim's Engraving. He's no longer making the signs now. Mm. But he, he custom made these for us. And, uh, yeah, I, I sent him the tube. Oh, okay. And he he mounted it on the base there. And I hacked it a little bit. You know, it was all one color. I decided the filament should be red instead of blue. Oh. So. So cool. Yeah, it's really yeah. nice. Uh, I, I need to get something like that myself. Yeah. But I guess I won't be getting it from Jim. Uh, no, you won't. He uh, he had some health issues, and he decided he needed to shut down the business. Oh, that's and too bad. At least not. Not do it at the scale that he was. Yeah, I hope he's doing all right. Oh, I do too. Well, we'll be back in a moment because email's got another cheap old trick here. Another cheap old trick up your cheap old sleeve, huh? <laughs> <laughs> First, let's get a message from ICOM. Now create your own band opening with the IC9700. ICOM's newest SDR transceiver, the IC9700, is coming soon. This new radio is bringing direct sampling to the UHF-VHF weak signal world. The IC9700 all-mode transceiver is loaded with innovative features, such as dedicated amateur satellite operation, color touchscreen, built-in D-Star capability, 
RF direct sampling on 2 meters and 70 centimeter bands, dual independent receivers capable of full duplex operation as well as dual watch, 100 watts maximum output power on 2 meters, 75 watts max on 70 centimeters, and 10 watts max on 1.2 gigahertz. Visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. Attention all hams! ICOM knows that ham clubs play a big role in bringing ham communities together to learn from their peers and industry leaders. As a way to give back and help you on your mission, ICOM has launched a promotion exclusively for U.S. ham clubs and the ham fest they're involved with. By registering your club, you could win ICOM swag, a Skype presentation for your club, or your ham fest and ICOM booth setup. Register today for your chance to win at icomamerica.com hams. Pack your bags because Dayton Hamvention is coming up from May 17th through 19th at the Greene County Fairgrounds and Expo Center in Xenia, Ohio. See the latest and greatest ICOM gear and meet hams from all over the world. And I recognize that ham there at the end. Yeah. That was our buddy Ray. Yep. Oh, Ray. Rockin' Ray. Rockin' Ray is going to be here in, in two weeks. I think it's in two weeks. I know it's... Ten days. Yeah. Uh, cool. He's bringing the new 9700 with him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that. And we're going to do a we video go. on that. And like we do on all their new radios, I'm looking forward to this one and, and boy, seeing what a high performance. Oh, yeah. I look forward to VHF, all of them. It's VHF. nice to uh, see the new toys. It is. And I don't know... We're going to have to come up with a better plan because so far he's managed to get out of here with those radios. Yeah, the crime scene tape didn't work. No. Nope. I don't know. We're going to have something better. Yeah, I think so. I don't know if we're going to live stream that or not or if we're just going to record it. We'll, we'll let you know, though. Email? Yeah. You, you mentioned that I mentioned last month that there was I, I did mention that you mentioned that yeah. I'm going to mention that uh, we, you know, speaking of great radios, the um, the question you asked me was, you know, does uh, is there a voice keying? Well, I think it was a viewer, right, um, yeah. who asked if there was a, a keyer capability, a voice keyer for contesting on the uh, IC9100, which is a rig I own from ICOM. Um, not necessarily cheap old man compliant, but there's just some things you don't. You know, you can't cut the corners on if you want it. So the um, that that rig does have keying with CW IDing and things, but it doesn't have uh, more modern like SD card memory or something. So I came up with this cheap old man solution to uh, bridge that gap from generations. Hmm. All right. Hey, George and Tommy and AmateurLogic.tv. Last month you asked me, to come up with an uh, answer for someone using my uh, 9100 for a uh, voice keyer. So I figured I would take some time using one of my Raspberry Pis, some software to show you what I came up with. The software involved is called Audacity and is a very popular Linux based and actually multi platform based software to uh, edit all sorts of sound files 
or create or record all sorts of uh, sound files. So that's what uh, is available in the Raspberry Pis repository. So you can just add or remove it from your uh, software settings on the Raspberry Pi. And uh, it's very, very friendly software. You simply plug in the USB cable in one of your available USB ports on the Pi and that goes into the back of the signal link here. This is a Tigertronics signal link. And I'll talk a little bit more about why I chose this knowing that the 9100 has a built-in sound interface. But anyway, so the USB cable coming from the Pi is here. The cable going to the radio accessory port mini den connector is this cable here you can see radio and USB um, so basically what you need to know there is that the signal link will just show up as a sound card or a sound device on the Raspberry Pi in the software those settings are shown here it shows up as a USB audio codec in my in my case hardware 1 comma 0 um, as my playback device and that's what matters as far as the software goes for me to be able to play this back through the Pi to the signal link and then out to the radio via its accessory input as far as settings go on the radio if you notice I have the data mode selected which is the D I'm in FM mode I'm using UHF just to demonstrate but I have the D which is a digital mode which you can get to by holding the FM button which turns that D on and off if you hold it uh, the FM button you can see the D there in the corner disappearing I want it on because the setting I've set in menu number 59 says that when the data mode is on use so when the when the data mode is set to on use the accessory port which is a, a mini den pin in the back of the radio and that's how the audio is going to listen to that accessory port and then send it through the signal link to the radio from the Pi. As you'll hear in a minute, I recorded my call sign um, as a wave file um, and then I'm going to play that back through the uh, Pi through the radio. As you can see here, the signal link PTT light goes red as well as the, the radios and I got this little monitoring that frequency just so we can hear the, the demonstration so there are the basic settings to get your 9100 as a sound keyer or audio keyer since it doesn't have that capability built in it's still there's so many features on this radio it's just a matter of uh, lining up the right things and when you have a pie laying around doing nothing why not right it's all the software is uh, doable very easy to configure and uh, nothing flat to actually set up so that's my 9100 uh, voice keyer so as I said before one of the, the reason I used the accessory port versus the USB port built in to the ICOM 9100 is because I can switch easily between these two 
uh, modes of operation. What modes you might ask? Well, the one where I'm in the digital mode, like I discussed earlier, the little D there in the FM mode by holding the FM button, and I can turn it off easily by holding it. And the, the reason I would do that is because right now, since the digital mode is off, I can easily set up and talk with the mic. You know, to, to switch between the microphone and a source of audio is now just a matter of a touch of a button to turn that digital mode on and off. So the digital mode's on right now. Five UKR. And I can go there. The digital mode is off. And now I can talk into the microphone. K5QKR. Just as a matter of switching between those two instantly. So this is K5QKR. Hope you uh, find that useful. I think we'll find that useful. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. It's a good idea. You took that rig that wasn't com compliant and sure cheapened it up. <laughs> I added a special touch to it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't resist that. <laughs> I, well, look, the, uh, the the cheap part of that, of course, is the software. That was about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's, the, a, um, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's to add the functionality, you know, um, to to something that wasn't wasn't there. But um, and uh, you know, when when you asked about it, George, I just had to. I was like, you know, I've done this before. Well, that that met the first rule too. <laughs> Never spend more for an acquisition than you have to. <laughs> there you go, <laughs> Mike. You know, well, you practice you practice what you preach. Yeah. There you go. Well, yeah, that, that was pretty neat, mm -hmm. and definitely, you know. I, I didn't know that the, um, the Raspberry Pi would recognize the Tigertronics and work with it like that, and that was good to see. But you said that the audio devices in the 9100 were recognized by the Raspberry Pi, too? Yeah. Yeah, they, they show up as a sound card in a um, you know, speaker. But, again, you know, using the accessory port kind of frees up that for, like, oh, yeah. I, use it for, I use it for other things, mm -hmm. like FL Digi. Mm -hmm. it's, it's easy for me just to change some menu settings and kind of bounce back and forth between whether the digital mode's on or if I'm hitting the mic, my high mic there, mm -hmm. or my um, uh, the voice key or whatever's coming through the Tigertronics, basically. Yeah. Pretty cool. So it's easy for me to switch. Neat idea. So will, will you be hauling all of that out to field day this year? Probably not. Um, <laughs> uh, although you could run it on a laptop. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We've done it before, and you know, I say I'm saying probably not, but yeah, actually, this year we're trying to get that bonus uh, satellite uh, contacts ah. this year, yeah. and that, that rig is beautiful for that. Man. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, perfect rig for for satellite work. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a nice rig. I remember when I had that one, one like that at the house. Oh, oh yeah, sending that one back too. Well, I had it here for a little bit too, and yeah, it was a really nice rig. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, tell you what, let's go away for just a minute or so. Come right back and see what's going on in the chat room tonight. Okay, sounds good. 
At the end of each month, it's Amateur Logic's Ham College, the new show for those new to the hobby and those wanting to get into amateur radio. Which of the following is a purpose of the amateur radio service as stated in the FCC rules and regulations? That inductor and capacitor form a tuned circuit. That's how you tune the radio to the frequency that you want. The English language. We lived in town. I liked it. I, I listened to mine a lot. It was really cool because you didn't have to have a battery to power yeah. There's our homemade telegraph station. We can use it for long-distance communications. Oh, like, uh, what, three feet yeah, here? across the table. The answer is B. Voltage was named after Italian physicist Alessandro Volta. We can see we're generating a little bit of electricity there. It's DC. It's always great to go back and get a refresher. It well, sure is. A lot of that stuff, if you've been a ham for a while like we have, you, you don't really think about a lot of that stuff that often. They didn't have electric screwdrivers in those days, so that's why we're not using one. That's why we went course. primitive with it. Yeah. So let's see if we can hear anything when we, uh, we fire off our spark gap transmitter. Well, we didn't build anything or blow up anything today, but... Uh, the night's still young. We still got burn marks on the table from the <laughs> spark gap transmitter. I've still got that spark gap right up there. We're going to pull yeah, it out. Don't get that thing back out, man. Oh, yeah. We're going to hack that and build a nuclear <laughs> reactor or something out of it one day. I missed the... the what was it? The, uh, the desktop propagation episode. Oh, yes. From here to there? <laughs> yes. Not the length of the table, yeah. <laughs> Google Plus's uh, communities have gone away now. And, you know. Just don't seem right. Just don't seem right. But if you try to go there, it, it's not there it's now. It's definitely right. Yep. And we appreciate all the friends that we made over there and, you know, the people who were regulars and did a lot of posting and all. Yeah, uh, we've seen something by one of them earlier tonight. Ralph, he's mm -hmm. he's over in the Facebook group now as well. Well, I say as well. That is not as well because because Google Plus is gone. So yeah, but he uh, did he didn't ditch us. He came joined us over there. Right, uh, we is met. Is that where we met, Mike? Uh, the E3MIC. Did we meet you there, Mike? I, we, I think we met you before Google+. Plus. Well, it seems like we've known Mike forever and ever. Yeah, it does. But uh, one guy I know that's where we met is uh, K2BAG, mm -hmm. John Baggett. Yeah, he's in Dallas this week. He is? Yeah, I was just chatting with him a few minutes ago on Twitter. And, you know, he's, well, he's always been the one who has the hat that travels with him. Yep. And I have here what is the, it's a sad moment, Emil, I know. It's the last post of the travels of the hat on the Amateurologic Google Plus community. <laughs> Darth uh, Hat. Yeah, what is it? May the sports be with you. you know? <laughs> That's the real one. Are you, or, um, I can't remember the caption he had on this, and I can't go look it up now because Google Plus is wrong, but. It's something about the dark side. Yep. The hat definitely went to the dark side there. Well, the hat the hat is still on the move. I do know that because he said the hat's in Dallas with him. Well, I hope he'll send us some photos of the, the hat's future adventures. Because uh, we like seeing where the hat's been. By the way, 
guess where I'm going? If you wanted a hat. You can get one. Easily. <laughs> All you got to do is go to amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com. You can get a hat. You can get a matching shirt. You can get a matching jacket. You can be decked out in Amateur Logic swag. And there's some Ham College swag on there, too. And there, there will probably be some, soon be some cheap old man compliant shirts on there. Free? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But if, you know, if, if you want to support Amateur Logic, that's, that's one way you can do it is go to amateurlogic.spreadshirt.com and, and get your Amateur Logic wearable swag yeah ham uh dayton hamvention's coming up so yep. uh you know if you don't have one go get you one it, you know if you're so inclined like we don't make much off of it really almost nothing yeah but it's there because a lot of people ask for it but it's it's real nice to go to the ham fest and see people wearing yep. rep representing wearing the colors around this one i'm wearing here was not one of the official amateur no, logic no it's not uh, one of the shirts. viewers sent that to mm -hmm. uh to us and uh I've got the artwork, but for some reason I cannot get that artwork to work in the Spreadshirt shop. Huh. It uh, Part of it will print, part of it won't. I've done it every way I can think of, so I may have to try to recreate it from scratch. Take a, it's take a picture. And, and yeah. I was, Hold on, I was just, looking at the head. I'm trying to see if any of those parts are shorted. <laughs> uh, I, it doesn't look like they're connected. They're not connected. It's just okay, random so parts so floating around in the... In the head there. It's open. It's all open. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't we visit with the chat room a few minutes before we get out of here? Okay. Yeah. And say we did. <laughs> well, I haven't been watching because it's kind of it's kind of difficult to keep one eye there and one down here on the screen. <laughs> but uh, would what? Look, it would look good, funny, but yeah. <laughs> you could do that. I could do my best Marty Feldman. Yeah. Marty Feldman or, uh, yeah, what was the other guy's name? If you get that spark gap transmitter out and touch the wrong thing on it, you may end up looking like Marty Feldman. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mike, Charge capacitor. Mike says that, uh, yes, the Three Amigos was his first Photoshop on G+, and that's how it all started. Oh. I remember the Three Amigos I picture. I thought it was Google Plus. Yep. Oh, I watched the Three Amigos not long ago. That's a classic. Yeah, that is one of the classics. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to pull some of those. I, I, I did the archive thing. I think he did, too. Yeah, I did it. I did it, too. Dave uh, KB0OWD says if he could climb a 300-foot water tower, he'd get an ALTV hat put it on it um dave would would be satisfied if you just climbed a hundred foot one and put it up there there you go yeah. i'm not sure we could see it at 300 feet no <laughs> you know there's you guys are familiar with the national hurricane center in miami yeah they have a conference the uh the tw uh annual conference uh and this year it is in new orleans oh and it's cool. it's on the 23rd uh, at least the ham ones which is totally cheap old man compliant because there's, there's, there's no charge to and it's all day long um at the hilton riverside 
yeah. hotel. Hmm. And um, the, it's basically from 10 in the morning to 5 at night. And it's all forms that are hurricane and amateur radio related. And that's in that's 23rd of April? Yeah. Oh, well, I'll, too, I'll be in Connecticut. I hate that would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. We could probably get some good segments from that, too. Their, their conference lasts, I think, the week, but the 23rd is the ham radio ones where basically anybody can come in uh, to it. They're not charging like the regular, um, you know, conference during the whole week. So that I thought that was pretty neat of them. And we, we always have a pretty good rapport. The clubs down here, you know, we because of Hurricane Katrina, unfortunately, yeah. um, you know, we, we did a lot of uh, talking with the uh, Hurricane Center then and... Uh, I guess they like hosting it here as a result. So are you going? I'm probably going to go, yeah. Me and Glenn, I think uh, we're talking about teaming up. Yeah, it'd be hard to pass that up, man. Yeah. Right there in your backyard like that. Yep. Bill WZ1L said that uh, he'd asked a question earlier regarding the DV Megacast VoIP radio. Uh, that's available from Gigaparts. It uh, works with Fusion, DMR, and D-Star. He was curious if we heard any comments, good or bad, with using that type well, of radio. I've read, I've read some stuff on the internet. People used it. Uh, they're supposed to be sending one uh, here, I think, for us to try out, uh, you know, loaner one or whatever. Um, but anyway, I hadn't made it yet, but looking forward to checking that out. But uh, everybody that I've seen so far, there's, there's a Facebook group out there, um, dedicated to the dv mega stuff go look in there and uh, you'll probably find some good info in there yeah i think that's where i saw it yeah it was really interesting looking uh-huh radio yeah it's real popular right now i've seen reference to a lot uh -huh. of people getting it if you want to see what's going on throughout the month you can join us on our facebook group facebook.com slash amateurlogic.tv or you can follow us on the twitters yep we're at amateur logic and at ham college and you know we'll we'll usually post on there um you know if something interesting comes up or when the next show is gonna be uh things of that nature and got a good group of folks in there as well so oh yeah go hang out visit and you know um well like tonight we picked out posts from there to read on the show so oh, yeah uh we do check in there and we we might not say something every day but we're keeping an eye on you. So. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, check out the show notes, amateurlogic.tv slash wiki. Our friend Dan and on LDS yeah. does that. Yeah, appreciate and, uh, that, Dan. Yeah, that's where your show notes are. And from Jackson, Mississippi, 7-3. Over and out. 7-3 from Nolens. Nolens. <laughs>
I've got one here that uh, came from Donald AG5TY. And you may remember back, uh, oh, I don't know when it was I was talking about it. Sometime. No, I don't even think that's what I was talking about. 